You're listening to the Brooklyn USA podcast, an occasional audio love letter from Brooklyn to the world. The struggle to keep a language alive is connected to so many things. Assimilation, colonization, and dominance and defiance of narrow nationalisms of the past century. To sustain a language, you must confront both English and other colonial and national languages imposed on your community. Here's producer Shireen Barhi. Fulani is a language group with profound internal diversity, including multiple disparate languages and dialects. What the language is called often depends on who you ask. In West Africa, the language is called Pular. Further east, it is called Fulfulde. At the Pular Speaking Association on Fulton Street in Bed-Stuy, it is often just called Fulani. There, speakers and non-speakers from across Brooklyn and the world gather to preserve their shared culture and language. We dropped by on a Friday afternoon after Joma prayers to speak with the association's president and community. Have you been coming to the association? More than 20 years. I'm from Senegal, Mauritania. I have both family. And what language do you speak? Fulani. Fulani, I speak all of and French, but Fulani is my uh, language. My name is Hamil Touré. I'm the president of Fulani Speaking Association. Here is called Bedestai. We are located in Fulton Street, 1169. We own the building. We bought it since uh, 1994. We're teaching English here, Fulani, and Koran. This is the building we own this. Even this is our association, that's why we make it everything, from everything for the community. My name is Omar Lee. Yeah, I'm the Treasury General for Polaris Speaking Association. Every Friday, when we finish to pray, we came here. You see the food, we bring it. Anyone who want to come to eat and everything, we join here together, and then we bring our family and everything like that. I've, I've been here since 1990. From Senegal, west side country in, in Africa. My first language is Fulani. Fulani is the people, but the language is Fular. P-U-L-A-A-R. Okay, okay. Pularwi denten uricheren wat de bandirabe tine tinte potital fulani. Pular speaking, the majority are Mauritanian and Senegalese, Mali, uh, Guinea, Syria, Leon, Liberia. But the majority are Mauritanian. It's a dialect, and the dialect is also kind of a little bit amazing because the polar we spoke in, in Senegal is not the same that polar is spoken in Guinea. When I see a Guinean people, we can talk in polar. In, in 99% when we talk, we can understand each other. Fulani spoken in Mali, in Masina also, is kind of different from Senegal, from Guinea.
but it's, it's all Fulani, so it's all called Pular anyway. The main organization is here in New York. In New York, we are, we, we really have 4,000, 5,000 people. We are starting Pulari speaking on uh, 89, 32 years or 33 okay. years. And then it's a community. It's uh, always any, anybody, even you, you can be on the membership. Every month, you can give in $5 only. Pulari speaking, I have been no fete Polar speaking is not only in New York. Altogether, around 15,000, we have uh, 30 states within the 50 states that Polar speaking. Polar speaking was born around 1989. What's happening is we have uh, an immigrant called Ibrahim. He's from Senegal, but he emigrated to Gabon. From Gabon, he was here. The subway station on Utica and Fulton Street, at that time, that was really crowded, and so many bandits, violent people at that time. He did have a, a kind of necklace. It's not even in gold, tainted gold. One of the boys just take it out. He was with his friend, he went back home because he was living in Bembridge, not far from the, from the station. But he go back, wanted to, uh, to take back the necklace, and they, they shot him, they killed him. When they killed him, the African immigrants don't, don't want to be buried in here. So they gathered, they uh, contribute funds, they returned the body home, and they create this organization since the 1989 to now. A new member in this organization that passed away, we shipped him back home. Anyone who is sick, who want to go back home, we help him to go home. We were concerned about our, our well-being in this country. That's why, usually, the Fulani people, they all live together. Same area, same, same buildings, same apartments, uh, something like that, and then we create the organization. And we are very serious about the organization. We the cultural, we uh, promote the African culture in this country, of course. And we teach English, uh, we teach in Quran, we teach in Fulani. The culture, we uh, sometimes bring many famous musicians like Baba Mal. We're doing some conferences. People can, can give lecture in Fulani. Sometimes we, we did what we call African Cultural Week. Over the 4th of July weekend in Commodore Barry Park, right here in Fort Greene, the 45th annual International African Arts Festival will take place. It's going to offer everything from music, dance, and poetry to martial arts to natural hair workshops, including a celebration of the founding of the Zulu Nation two centuries ago. For a full picture, we're going to turn to our guest, Dr. Shagun Shabaka. We started, as you said, 45 years ago. We bring to the people what they want and need, which is culture, history, arts, entertainment, entrepreneurship, all wrapped into one major event that has 
actually been the birth mother to many of the festivals that celebrate uh, African-American and African culture around this country. From the elementary school to university in Senegal, all we, we learn is French. When you go to high school, you can choose a different language, a second language they call. You can choose English as a second language, or Germany or, or Arabic, but the main language is French. Every course has to be, to be in French, study in French, and the exams, French. Fular is my mother language, my dad language. I was raised in Pular. My dad cannot, cannot speak French, my mom too, so Pular is my natural language. But at age of five, six, when you go to school, you are not going to learn Pular in school. You learn in French. You can't develop a country with another language. It's impossible. That's what happened in Africa. That's what happened to many countries colonized by French. That's not fair. You think French, you, you write French, because on the French, they, they always practice what they call assimilation. That's why you can see so many, so many African people who think like French people live like them, forget all about their culture or something like that. Because of that, because of the colonization, because of, uh, of that, that, uh, that language barrier. So that's an issue, a main issue. In the past, because Europe was in power, or the European was in power, the European, being in the position of power, had one yardstick. He didn't use anybody else's yardstick. His yardstick was the yardstick. His definition was the definition. What he said was all there was to be said. The non-Europeans weren't in a position to say anything. They weren't in a position to use their own brain and come up with their own definition. They weren't in a position even to bring their yardstick out of the closet. But what has happened, and most Europeans don't realize it, time has changed. Wherein all the power used to be centered in Europe, it's not centered in Europe anymore. It has shifted, and as the people in Africa and Asia get some power of their own, they get a mind of their own. They start seeing with their own eyes and listening with their own ears and speaking with their own mouth and coming to definitions from their own brain. The European definition now isn't necessarily the definition. The European yardstick now isn't necessarily the yardstick. At home, just I speak only Fulani. I never speak English with them. Why is it so important for you to speak Why is it so important? Well, it's, it's very important because uh, that's my language, you know. When they go back home, they can speak my mom, you know, the family, easy. They speak, they speak Fulani, they speak English, they speak uh, okay. other languages. Can I ask, if it's okay with you, can I ask him to say something in Fulani? Yeah, Bob, you know Mbada. This uh, Mbada, it means uh, how you join. 
and then I'm Marcelli, I'm okay, I'm okay. fine. Then when you tell him that, he understand everything. Can you say Probably. that one more time? Say, Savvy. Marcelli. Savvy. Many of our children don't speak Fulani at home. But most of the time, the responsibilities are not on the children, but on the parents. And what's amazing is many of them don't even speak uh, English very well. When the children come back home from school or something like that, they prefer talking that uh, English language instead of talking Fulani. That's a problem. That's a big problem. That's why we encourage people to, uh, to go to Africa, meet your family, you know, teaching them, could be initiate them on their language. But that's a very serious topic also. The children on the language, the children on the culture, the link is not, uh, it's not there. The Fulani people are, are very, important ethnical group in Africa. Fulani people are, are all over the world. We are really concerning about, of course, the language, about the culture. We don't, we don't want the culture and our language to be dying on the time. There's gonna be a generation in the future who even, don't even know where they're coming from. That's a problem. And we are really dealing with that issue. Meaning that, peep, peep. thank you very much. Fulani, they say like uh, how to say Musa. What do you mean to say? Bandu. What do you mean to Bandu? You have to to be together. Yeah. People, you you and your uh, Fulani say like Netoko Bandu uh, have to be together. Like, it's like a relative, like a family relative family. Yeah. Hi, my name is Amina. I'm representing Queens as I grew up here for the most part of my life, but I work in Brooklyn now where I get to work my dream job. And I get to work with families who speak the same language as I do. 
It's really fun and exciting and I'm really passionate about my work. Growing up in Dhaka, Bangladesh, my first language, Bangla, was everything. I didn't speak English that much back then as everyone spoke in Bangla and the school I went to had Bengali curriculum with just one English class that taught us basic grammar and how to write essays. My childhood was all about reading Bengali fairy tales and learning to sing in Bangla. I don't read Bengali books anymore, but Bengali music is something that I did not let go. It may be because my family really pushed me into singing even after coming to the USA at age 13, even though there were so many challenges that me and my family went through. Hmm, the migration challenges. But I did get vocal trainings for 15 years. War sorry when I sang and I really celebrated the traditional holidays and cultural festivities. Those red and green saris. Yes, I do love red and green saris. The musical notes, Sari Gama Balhanisa, were part of my life back then when I was a child and still part of my life and something which constantly reminds me who I am what really represents me and what I love to do. Without these things, I don't know what my life would look like. I'm so glad they're part of me and my life. My name is Jeffrey Kahn. I'm a professor of Semitic languages at the University of Cambridge. Human language manifests itself in such a diverse number of ways. And to fully understand human language in general, which one can argue is the most important manifestation of humanity, you need to have more and more data. You need to see more and more manifestations of it. And every dialect of every language has some kind of unique feature about it. The more languages are lost, the more dialects are lost, the less data linguists have to understand human language in general. And I've observed that you know, a loss of heritage, loss of culture, loss of language, which is the core of your cultural heritage, can cause a great trauma to, to communities. And I think this trauma is often a slow-acting trauma, which only manifests itself, you know, it's perhaps in somehow even later generations. I've worked in the, in the in Middle East, particularly in Iraq, in my fieldwork, and I've seen a lot of the physical devastation, particularly after 2015, with the Islamic State destructions of a lot of the villages. Aid sort of organizations have been reconstructing a lot of the houses and a lot of the homes, meeting the physical needs of communities who have been traumatized by loss of physical property. However, what is not talked about as much is the trauma caused by loss of culture. Language is a very important manifestation of identity. I mean, not only different languages, I mean, just variations within a single language, like, I mean, you see it in English, I mean, your speech or your innovations in speech or slang you might use is used as an emblem of identity in particular groups in society, you know, different age groups or different, you know, different sort of social groups. As they, the language becomes lost, there's a sense of feeling a loss of the world they, their, their ancestors came from. Therefore, there's a sort of a, a losing of their roots, if you can just put it simply as that. I think if you start losing knowledge of the language, you're a step further away.
Brooklyn USA is produced by me, Karel Palmer. And me, Emily Bogosian. And me, Shirin Barri. And me, Charlie Hoxie. And me, Mayumi Sato. With help this week from Hamel Torre and the Pular Speaking Association. To learn more about the Pilar Speaking Association or become a member, visit pilarspeaking.info. Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey Khan, Adriana, Amina, and the Arab American Family Support Center for leaving a message. To learn more about the Endangered Language Alliance, support their work, and view their interactive language map, visit www.elalliance.org. If you want to tell us a story or somehow end up on our podcast, check the show's notes for a link to our guide on recording a voice memo on your mobile phone and sending it to us on the internet. And if you like what you hear or think that we've missed something, comment, like, share, and subscribe. And follow at Brick TV on Twitter and Instagram for updates. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit www.brickartsmedia.org radio. We are on the unceded territory of the Lenni, Lenape, Canarsie, Shinnecock, and Moonsee people. We acknowledge the many indigenous nations with ties to this land, and we recognize that the Lenape still call Manahata home.